Gather your gear. It's time to head out for our road trip across America that will scare your pants off. Along the way, with your hosts, you'll be setting up camp in some of the scariest places they can find. Discover each episode a cryptid, a haunting, and a strange encounter. Climb aboard a cryptid camper if you're brave. Take it away, Shay. Live from our cryptid camper, I'm Shay. I'm here with my good friend Tom, and we'd like to thank you for joining us for Season 3, Episode 23 of Scare Your Pants Off, Our American Road Trip. In today's episode, we've set up camp in South Dakota. How are you doing today, Tom? I am really, really good. How are you? I'm, I'm good. I'm good. I'm still, I'm still on the mend. It sounds a little bit like you might still be on the mend. Mm-hmm. Um, but I am, I'm not always good. (laughs) You sound better. Um, yeah, this, this cold, whatever this thing is, is very bizarre because I, um, you know, I've been over the cold per se for probably almost two weeks now or over a week and I have no energy. I'm still taking Dayquil. It's a, I still get congestion in the morning. This is like nothing I have ever had. This is so bizarre. This whatever it is. It's, yeah, no, it's it's not it's not wonderful. <laughs> um, it's going around. Ugh. Um, so I watched a couple things, Ooh, okay. and I wanna I wanna I wanna get your take and see if you've watched any of them yet. Okay. So I watched the Boogeyman. I have not watched that yet. It is on my list. What did you think of The Boogeyman? It was fantastic. Fantastic. It was so good. It was uh, very unexpected. Uh, like, uh, no, well, not unexpectedly good, but it was... It was a good, scary movie. Like, it was... I feel like it'll definitely get some people with the jumps, but not, like, overly get them with the jumps. Um, obviously, Stephen King rarely disappoints um but uh you know who's in it the uh the girl that plays young juliette lewis's younger self in yellow jackets i can't remember her name because i'm awful yeah i don't know her name but i like her she's a very good actor um i know who you're talking about but she was she was fantastic and it's funny because so often so often in horror movies, and really most movies, but so often in horror movies, the older sister, even even if she ends up being like the hero, she's kind of a bitch and you don't like her. At some point, at some point, it just never happens with this girl. She is likable from start to finish. She's a great older sister. She's a really good daughter. And it's, it was a really good movie. And it's a very dark movie, though. So obviously watch it at night or watch it in a very dark room because it is mostly dark. And it, But it's, very very well done nice definitely gonna watch it and then i watched pet cemetery bloodlines i watched it that's right i watched it so what did you think i really liked it um so i like um i like the guy that got to play young judd yeah and i really liked getting to see 
I like getting to see how it kind of, not really how it started, because obviously it started before Jeb, but that made me want to see a little bit more of the further back origin that, than that. But I like seeing the beginning of Jed. What did you think? So I ended up enjoying it a lot, actually. And I was a little nervous, because anytime, obviously, you know, it's a past time I started, one of my all-time, I remember watching the original when I was a kid and being freaked out by Gage and, uh, yep. you know, one of... The few, I, I just remember being scared by that movie. When a lot of the movies, even back then as a kid, they were scary movies, but weren't super scary. Nightmare on Elm Street, stuff like that. Um, always a little nervous when they do that. And especially uh, or, and when they start, you know, mess, either doing prequels or sequels. And this was a prequel. And especially when a title has colon. In it, when it goes pet cemetery colon bloodline, it usually the colon it, it's a crapshoot for some reason when that colon's in there because it, it you know it's either <laughs> going to be good or bad, and if it's bad, it's like people are arguing, well that's not canon and this and that and uh, you know because but when it's good, people accept it. So all that side, I I enjoyed it. I I uh, I, I thought it was good. I really actually. Um, I like I, I, I like the kid that played Judd, but I really like the actor. He's actually in the show that I'm watching right now that played Tim in it. And, uh, yes. He's he's a great actor. I've seen him in a few things, and he's and he's in something I'm watching right now. And I really um, I I liked him. I thought yeah, I thought it was real. I thought it was good. It was a perfect no. But is any movie perfect? No. But um. I definitely enjoyed it. I definitely, I, it definitely, it didn't, I'd recommend it and I wouldn't, um, it didn't like take away from the original no. Pet Cemetery in any way. So I, uh, yeah, I thought it was good. So do you know that you just said that colons are crapshoots? <laughs> oh, that's good. I did not know that. <laughs> You did. You did. And it's, and I've been smiling ear to ear the entire time now since you said, oh, colon means crap shoot. And I'm like, well, that technically well, does so that. you back up a little bit and start laughing? So I was, I, I didn't know what I had said, but then like, that's good. That's funny. Colons are crap. That's good. <laughs> and then, um, okay. So the other thing I watched, I think it's on, I think it's on Prime. I can't remember. But I watched No One Will Save You, and that has Caitlin Dever in it. She was the youngest daughter on, like, Last Man Standing, and she's been in some other stuff. She's, she's, I feel like she's a really underrated actress, because she's phenomenal. Every time she is in something, I, I, she's awesome. Um, but it's, have you seen that? No, it's on my list. I actually started it, but it was, like, three in the morning, and I fell asleep, because, um, it's been on uh, Roy was talking about it a while ago. I think you even mentioned it before as well. And uh, it's on my list. I just uh, haven't got to it yet. It has my favorite alien toes. Alien toes. Okay. Uh, <laughs> any more? <laughs> yeah. So what it, I know how it is. So I will tell you first off, there is no weird signs like twist so you're not gonna find out that this 
horrifying thing is, you know, can be defeated by a squirt gun. Um, <laughs> but so these, the aliens in this are, are so well animated. They're not animated like as in cartoon, but they're obviously they're computer generated, but they're, they're fantastic. And their feet come down to these toes and they walk, at least some of them walk on their toes. And it's like super, it sounds really funny, but it's like really unsettling to like watch. But the way they have the move, the way they look, there's, there's, you see a couple different sizes of them. And I actually just think it's really, really well done, but it's, it's the first time that I've ever seen the alien toes be a focal point like that. And it was very different. I've just never seen it before. So yeah, I really like the alien toes in this one. <laughs> now I'm going to watch for the alien toes. <laughs> I think you're going to agree. I think you're also going to like the alien toes. <laughs> oh, that's fine. All right. Well, um, did you watch anything? Have you done anything fun, done anything cool? Yeah, um, so I, I work a lot. I haven't done anything fun in a while. I, I just work, I feel like, every day. Um, but I did, I have been watching, so I watched The Pet Cemetery, and then, let me see, where did I write down what I was watching? Okay. Um, so I watched the movie called Totally Killer. Uh, have you watched it? I have. Oh, yeah. I thought it was fun, and I've come to the realization that... I love uh, horror movies set in the 80s now. Like, you know, obviously I love horror, 80s horror movies, Friday the 13th, all that. I, but now, like, movies that come out now that are based in the 80s, like horror movies that are based, I, I love it. I, it's, it's almost become its own sort of, like, subgenre within the horror. And, yeah, I'm here for almost all of them. It's, uh, I, thought, I thought it was, I thought it was so much fun. I did. Nothing profound. You're not going to come out of the movie smarter or um, seeing something that maybe you, you know, oh, I've never seen a kill light or something like that, but just a fun, fun uh, movie. What did you think of it? So going into it, I honestly, I don't know why it got in my head that it was just going to be like a spoof on like slasher films which is fine i like those too yeah. <clears throat> but it was it wasn't it was a full-fledged slasher movie like so i honestly I, I loved it i thought it was great the girl that plays sabrina in the newer sabrina yeah. series is in it and she was great and i i just i really like and i can't remember ever seeing at least not in that depth like a time traveling situation in a slasher film and I thought it was really cool and the twists that were in it just blew my mind honestly I was like, I was like well wait a minute that's not at all what I thought but it's it kept me guessing but I was super entertained it was really really well done I agree and while we're talking about it I'd have to make a correction so during <laughs> this movie I um um so I, you know, looking at the cast or whatever, and Olivia Holt is in it. And I'm like, oh, Olivia Holt. We've talked about Olivia Holt on this thing. Well, I've been wrong as to who Olivia Holt actually is. And I want to apologize, make a correction, because 
So in the past, we've talked about a show called Cruel Summer, um, which we both watch and enjoy. And um, in this, the second season, the most recent season, the actress or actor that played Bria B in the Goldbergs, um, one of Adam Goldberg's girlfriends uh, in the show, uh, is in season two. So like, in I, I think I've probably said it on on air. You know, I I think we were talking about it on air one time and about Cruel, and I, I went to quickly look up her name because I didn't know it. And when I Googled it, Olivia Holt came up. So I've been calling her Olivia Holt. Well, come to find out, I had been I was looking at season one because Cruel Summer is an anthology series, and. Uh, it was she Olivia Holt was season one and um not season two. So her name is not Olivia Holt. It is Sadie something. I forget right at the moment, but I want to apologize if anybody out there was confused in the past, because yeah, that was my bad. It was not uh <laughs> her name is not Olivia Holt. <laughs> so. so it's really funny because um there were there was a couple times that you did say it on the podcast. There was a couple times that you said it on the podcast, and I and I was like, mm, that doesn't sound right. But anybody who listens to this podcast, especially if they listen to season two, I'm not gonna fuck with you when it comes to an actor's name because I you that's your shit, right? Like you know you are you are far better versed in that than I am. So I'm like I'm like that doesn't sound right. But you know what? It's probably right. So I just I just never second guess you because if I don't know for sure, I'm not gonna say anything. So um, <laughs> it's I knowing now maybe I should have said, Hey, is that really our name? But I didn't, so I apologize for that. But <laughs> no, no, uh Sadie Stanley is her name, so I apologize out there. Um and then I'll talk uh, the other. So I haven't watched it yet, but I did hear the new season of Loki has started. So that's I'll be watching that this weekend as well, and uh, as well as the, that fall of the House of Usher. So. so I started watching Loki, and it is I love Loki. He's so lovable. I just he's he's one of my favorite I guess antiheroes or whatnot from Marvel. I, I think he's tied for. I think he's tied for first because I feel like Wolverine and him. And yes, I love Deadpool. Don't mm. I know people are gonna be like, oh, Deadpool's the Deadpool is great, but um, I love Loki, and he's he's just so I don't know. I he's he's fantastic, and he's, they they're doing a really good job on the show. And there is um, I noticed a tie-in actually with Moon Knight. So um, very cool. It's a really subtle one. And, uh, yeah, no, so, but you're going to like it. And then I actually did start watching The Fall of the House of Usher. Ooh, okay. Good so it far. Is, it's really, really good so far. So nice. it's kind of got, like, succession vibes mixed with, um, like, horror. It's, it's like a horror succession. And um, there's a there's a lot of, I feel like in the first episode I was a little bummed because there wasn't, quite it wasn't quite as poe heavy as i would have liked i know how weird that sounds being the house of the fall of the house of usher but it wasn't as poe heavy as i would have liked 
as it carries on a lot more like a lot lot more and it's and it's yeah very well done very creepy um it it's leading me in directions that makes makes me feel like oh okay now i know what's happening and then going yeah that's not what's happening i <laughs> so it definitely has me uh second guessing myself and third guessing myself and fourth guessing myself because it is it, they're doing a really good job with it nice yeah i can't wait let's start it this weekend yeah, can't wait all right. All right. Well, have you got anything else on uh, any fun ventures? I don't think not today. No. All right. Well, I believe you have the cryptid for this episode. Time for the cryptid. I do. And so, actually, South Dakota proved to be kind of difficult with the cryptids. I mean, they have their versions of the Bigfoot, Chupacabra, Thunderbirds. They probably have a lake monster because they have lakes. <laughs> and, uh, so. You're obsessed. It's fine. <laughs> yeah, <okay. laughs> um, but it, 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 I struggled. But then I did find one that I had never heard of and pretty cool. I went with, and have you heard of, the Little Devils of the Spirit Mount. So I I actually have, but only in passing, researching South Dakota. Okay. So, yep. So, um, located about six and a half miles north of Vermilion, South Dakota, lies the Spirit Mound Historic Prairie, which features a prominent hill called, yep, you guessed it, the Spirit Mound. The Spirit Mound uh, holds a great significance for many of the indigenous tribes of the area. Held in both esteem and fear, the tales of the little people or little, little devils of the mound go back many centuries. <clears throat> Mentions of the little devils first appeared in the written record in 1804, when Lewis and Clark, while on their famous expedition, decided to travel to and investigate the mount. They had heard the tales through word of mouth of those ornery little creatures that inhabited the mount. Described as very short and small humanoid creatures, about 18 inches tall, or 46 centimeters for our non-American fans, um, they were said to have very large heads, much too large for their bodies. And uh, I saw like a, a picture online, so like picture of Funko Pop, um, where they got the smaller body and just outlandishly big heads, kind of what they look like. And they are said to be very, very territorial. Uh, they really don't like people on or near their home on the mound. Uh, they were said to be excellent marksmen, able to hit anyone or anything with their magical arrows from great distances. These magical arrows were said to kill anyone on contact. Really, it's said that the little devils will attack and kill anyone or anything that steps foot on or near the mound. This is why 
in Lewis's report, he recounted how the Omaha, the Oto, and the Sioux would not go anywhere near the mound. And actually, the Lakota peoples who came to live near the mound after the Wichiyena Sioux tell a story that, <clears throat> that is no more than 250 years old of a great battle on the Spirit Mound. The legend states that one night, 350 Lakota warriors approached the mound to fight the Little Devils. Unfortunately for the Lakotas, they were almost completely wiped out by the ferocious little people and their magical arrows. The ones that did survive were injured and or crippled for life. Um, while Lewis and Clark visited the mound and surrounding area, they never encountered the Little Devils. They did marvel at the beauty of the area and seemed to understand on some level, maybe unconsciously, why the Native peoples revered this land. There's not much more here, but I would like to mention that the ever-increasing rapidity of technology and urbanization did a lot of damage to the mound in the 20th century. But since 1986, several locals have been attempting to preserve the site. The Spirit Mound Trust was formed in 1986, and after years of lobbying, the government's Land and Water Conservation Fund provided $600,000 to acquire the site so that South Dakota could establish and designate it as a state park. And then in 2001, Senator Tim Johnson presented a symbolic $600,000 check for the purchase of the Spirit Mound and the uh, surrounding land, promising further preservation plans for the site and surrounding area. And in 2004, the United States Department of the Interior designated the trail leading to the summit of Spirit Mound, a national recreational trail. While the preservation of this area, in my opinion, is great. I mean, especially with this history, going back to the indigenous peoples and just having these stories and this lore, um, not all people are happy uh so local native american some local native american leaders have expressed dismay that a site so sacred and terrifying uh to local tribes would be treated as a fun walking trail but at least it's preserved so and that is the little devils of the spirit mound all right so Good job. Great choice. I feel like I have a couple things. First thing, foremost, when it says a symbolic check, is that a fake check? Is it is there actual monetary value in a symbolic check? Or is it just like one of them big checks that you can't really cash, but they give you the smaller check after? Like, so what is a symbolic I, check? Yeah, I, I, I tried to dig a little deeper on that because I was confused and the basically what I, I think it meant I, I think it's basically they presented like that a, a big check you know like the whatever you know those giant checks 
um, but a choir and probably gave them plaques and stuff like that, but didn't actually give the $600,000 because the site was uh, preserved and it was coming from the government. That's my guess. I, I, I could not find a ton because I had the same thought. I'm like, what do they mean by symbolic check here? Like, um, but I think because before that it was, you know, there was something about it being purchased for $600,000. So I think it was like symbolically we're giving you the, the value of whatever. I could be wrong. Right. Nope, that that actually makes a lot of sense though. I, another thing is I don't I don't know what it is about Spirit Mound. But it it just it's like Spirit Realm sounds like, oh I'm going to the Spirit Realm or I'm you know, I can see into the Spirit Realm or or <laughs> however. It sounds like this this really cool place to be in. The Spirit Mound sounds like the place you wait to go to the Spirit Realm. Like it just <laughs> it's just a little odd sounding. <laughs> Thank you. Now, you said 18 inches with large heads, and literally the first thing that pops into my head, and he's he's going to kill me if he hears this, but I know when Eric listens to this, he will laugh. Um, I hear 18 inches and a, and a giant head. I, I think of my son as a baby. <laughs> <laughs> Granted, he was born at 21 inches, but his head was enormous, and it still is to this day uh, enormous. Um, but that's all I'm picturing is, is blue as a baby. There was just a funny side story. And this, this is going to really get you laughing. He was so proud when he finally got taller than me. So I'm five, eight. He was so proud. The first, when he finally figured out that he was taller than me, he wanted to take the back to back picture and all that stuff. So we stood back to back and then we noticed he was taller than me, but our shoulders came up to the same spot. Our shoulders were equal. And his head was a good inch taller <laughs> than my head, and I have a and I have a big head. I've got a big dome. My head is absolutely the circumference of my head is bigger than average, and his is a little bit bigger than that. But his head is very tall. He's like he's like human human Frankenstein's monster, and <laughs> like Peyton Manning kind of a little bit. Um, so. Yeah. Um, another thing. So it sounds like these creatures sound. They have like puck wedgie vibes, but if puck wedgies were way better, like armed. <laughs> I like that. I like that a lot. But yeah, I did have the. Um, I did get a puck wedgie vibe as well when I was researching it. Um, <laughs> but I like that. But better armed puck wedges. That's awesome. But um, yeah, I think I mean I think that's what I got. But honestly, that's a that was a really good choice. That was it was interesting, and it makes me want to go look for one and try to befriend it because that's what I do with cryptids, apparently. So <laughs> yeah, it was like I said, it was slim pickings in um in uh, South Dakota, but I was happy I found that because it was it was pretty they were pretty interesting. So all right, well. Have you got anything else on your cryptid? I do not. I'm going to jump on into my hunt then. Yeah. Time for the hunt. So, South Dakota was not just hard for the cryptids, I promise. <laughs> I struggled really, really hard to find 
any haunting with any kind of meat on the bone. So the haunting I did land on is very, very short, but it, there was a lot of, oh, this place is so haunted. And then that was, and that's it. That was the end of it. This place is haunted. Oh, I, oh, I saw something here. And then, okay, well, what did you see? Nothing. So I landed on Easton's Castle in Aberdeen, South Dakota. Have you heard of that? No. All right, so here's some story of, here's some history of Easton's Castle. So it was built by C.A. Bliss in 1888. Uh, Bliss lost his home to foreclosure in 1893. Uh, the Easton family then came to be the new owners and would, it would stay in the family until 1967. In 1967, the Easton Castle was set for demolition, but Dr. Sam Holman purchased it. Easton Castle had a pretty impressive visitor numerous times over the years, and I will get to who that visitor is shortly. Now, while in the Easton family home, sorry, while in the Easton family, the home exterior underwent a drastic change. The once lovely wooden facade eventually was bricked over, and those bricks were a greenish, very yellow color. Hmm. Yeah. So if you if you Google pictures of this place, it is it stands out like it's kind of it's it doesn't look like it would be super visible from the street, but it stands out in color and how it looks. Now that aforementioned visitor was none other than L. Frank Baum. You know who that is, right? Oh yeah! Oh my goodness, that's amazing. Yep. So, for those who don't know, it's the author of The Wizard of Oz. Uh, it is believed that Easton Castle may even have been part of The Wizard of Oz's inspiration. So, seeing the yellowish bricks on the house, yellow brick road, I see the correlation. Makes sense. Now, over the years, the home would lose both Mr. and Miss, Mrs. Easton by 1944. Their son, Russell, would come to own it. And not only would he come to own it, but he would essentially become a recluse, shutting away in its walls until his death. Um, when Sam Holman purchased it, saving it from its seemingly inevitable demise in 1967, he not only used it as his family home, family's home, but he also moved his established veterinary practice in it, too. His daughter, Tandy, I love that name. I don't know what it is about Tandy. It's just like such a sweet name. I like the name Tandy. Like Tandy Newton, the actress, right? Is yeah. She's a good actress, too, Tandy Newton. I like it. Um, she would return home after 37 years after she had moved out to help her father in his practice and stayed an important role in the home's eventual historic preservation. No, some of the claims are that of a pretty typical nature. You have cold spots, unexplained mists, footsteps, and, and so on. Uh, there's even some claims that you can hear the occasional pet that is not there, like a, like a dog kind of scurrying across the floor or something like that. Uh, but the most recognizable is thought to be Russell Bliss himself. And he can be seen from the street in the windows. He can be heard walking up and down the halls. Um, and there's even some reports that he may have been spotted on the grounds, but there was less of those reports than other. Now, 
best I can tell, the castle is still operates, allowing campers on the grounds and on occasion hosts events hosts events on the inside. So if you're in the area or going to be in the area, you should check it out. But that's what I got for my very, very shockingly short hunt. <laughs> oh, that was great, though. Um, that would be fun to go to an event there. It's, uh, I love a good castle. And um, so, uh, no, I mean, great choice. L. Frank Baum and that, that correlation makes sense. Because why else would you go with the greenish yellow gray? <laughs> I mean, over over the wood. Um, it, it, it just makes sense to me. Um, so Russell Bliss uh, at the end, um, you you're talking about. So people actually saw a full body apparition of him as well. As, That's what it seems uh, like in the reports. Yeah, or like at least an upper body uh, right. apparition, like from the window. Obviously, because I I don't yeah. you can't see the whole thing, but yeah. Very cool. Um, I, 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 I really like it when we get like full body or most body um, apparitions because a lot of them you hear, oh, it's a sound or it's a streak of light or something. But when you get like a, a full body or like a half body or three quarter of a body, um, it, I don't know. I just, I love that because it's not as, as common to hear it. But um yeah, no, I would, I would love it. It's funny, you, was, you know, you asked me if I heard of it, and I was like, eh, no, but it, it sounded familiar, and I'm thinking maybe it's just because of Easton, like Easton, Massachusetts. Um, that could be. Yeah, just thinking, uh, but uh, yeah, great, great choice, and honestly, sometimes the shorter, some of the shorter ones are some of the best ones. They don't all have to be you know, this long sort of, you know, novel, it's, and, uh, but yeah, no, I really like that. Good choice. Thank you. Thank you very much. All right. Well, do you have anything else on, on my hunt? Uh, no, I think, I think that's it. You want to dive on into your strange encounter? Time for the strange encounter. Uh, sure. Yes. So, um, South Dakota was actually a really cool state for your UFO and sightings, encounters, um, having many cases throughout its history, uh, from lights in the sky to dog fights to abductions and even animal mutilations have been reported in South Dakota. But I went with one that I had never heard of. So that was part of the reason I went with it, and the other reason was because of the time that it happened, which is was really cool to me. Have you heard of the Gordon Party Incident of 1874? No, but I, I love ones that are dated that far back. That's always super interesting. Uh, me too, yeah, because it's just like... I. I I gotta think it's like our minds are blown now and we've been seeing like alien stuff for over you know 80 years now on television and stuff like that but in 1870s there must have been so freaking mind-blowing to see something in the sky like that because there's not airplanes yet so what yeah. like oh so anyway in the 1870s gold was discovered in the black hills of south dakota but Gold prospecting was not allowed by the U.S. government in this area 
as the land belonged to the Dakota tribes. And we already had a very tenuous relationship with indigenous peoples for, you know, we know the reasons. Um, but in 1874, John Gordon decided that he was going to prospect this area regardless of the laws. He put together a party of people that consisted of 26 men, one woman, and one small male child. And they headed for the Black Hills. They would arrive in the Black Hills in December of 1874 and proceeded to build a stockade so that they could survive the winter. In April of 1875, the United States Army came and removed or ran them out of the hills. So I mentioned earlier that there was one woman and one child in the group. That woman was Annie D. Talent. And the boy was her nine-year-old son. And her husband was actually part of the group as well. Annie would later write a book about her experiences in the party called The Black Hills, colon, or The Last Hunting Grounds of the Dakotas. And she would actually later move back to the Black Hills and became a superintendent of schools in Pennington County. So the reason I'm giving a bit of info on talent is because it was her that gave the account of the high strangeness the group observed in the sky one day. And this is going to be verbatim for guys out there. So it's, uh, I, I love reading verbatims from like the 17 and 1800s because the way they structure sentences is a little different. It, it, it sometimes feels clunky or awkward to us, but I just love it. So, but just so if you're wondering, this is a verbatim. So Talon would write, at about noon on a clear, cold day, an awful rushing, roaring sound was heard above and to the north of us. It was almost directly over our camp. Everyone immediately looked in that direction and saw an object rushing through the air from east to west, not more than one half mile above the treetops and seemingly not more than three quarters of a mile distant from us. It seemed almost white and looked as if it might be 30 or 40 feet in diameter. Although its size could not be ascertained with any degree of accuracy. As it seemed surrounded with steam or smoke and did not appear to be falling, but continued in a horizontal course. Three or four seconds after having passed out of our sight to the west, a report was heard that fairly shook the hills. While its tracks, clouds of smoke were left that could be seen for 20 minutes after. It was the grandest sight I had ever witnessed. There was one thing that was very evident immediately after the sighting. The weather began to grow colder 
and continue to, to increase in intensity each day for about three weeks. And uh, that's it for her, for, that's her actual account. Uh, and it would be only a few months later when earlier I had mentioned that they were removed from the hills uh, by the US Army. So a few months later after this sighting is when they were removed. And uh, not, that's about it for this encounter. It's not super long, but again, I, I first I love that she actually wrote about it in a book and just very interesting. And then the time frame, 1874. I can't get like, I just, it's gonna be so mind blowing. So that is the Gordon Party incident. No, good job. But question, did you tell, did you say what time of year about this happened? Um, so it was getting close to winter. So I, I want to say, I don't think I actually said it, but I, because it was a few months later, so we're probably looking December, I might have even said December, I think it's December-ish, November, December-ish, somewhere in there, because they get there, and then they have to build the stockade so they survive the winter, so. So it, it piqued, it piqued my interest when uh, you were talking about the trail that it left, and then it stayed for 20 minutes. Now, in... In humid conditions, uh, like a contrail can absolutely absorb humidity and even grow or in, and stick around for quite a while. But when you get into like the colder months, the humidity is really not that big of a, an issue. And it would, I feel like it would dissipate quite a bit faster than 20 minutes and not be as noticeable and recognizable as what that is. Um, so that that's the first thing that, piqued my interest you're talking about the guy's wife that became um the superintendent of, of schools and whatnot and this is in the 1890s correct uh 1874 so she probably became su superintendent of schools 1876 78 into the 1880s somewhere that in there. is that is so impressive mm-hmm I thought the same thing. women were garbage back then. They weren't actually garbage, but they were viewed as garbage back then. So for her to not only go on this expedition and not seemingly be considered like like <laughs> like a risk, um, and then to go ahead, obviously she's an established writer, which she wouldn't be the first established female writer from back then, but. The superintendent of schools thing, for some reason, strikes me as super impressive because I I don't know it, it that's it just feels like a big step for for women back then. But I was thinking the same thing, and um, I almost wrote something. About, it's funny you bring that up. I almost wrote something about that because back then most women didn't work, and if you did work, you were a um, <laughs> yeah, that was funny. You despair came back. Um, if you did work, you, uh, it was a teacher or a nurse that was, and basically a battlefield nurse, you know, um, and that was it. You wouldn't become like even, you know, principal superintendents, that was a male thing, you know, in charge, you could, you could teach and it, traditionally it, teaching has been, it is, you know, 
considered a more feminine or a fear or was at the time. But uh, yeah, to be to work away to become a writer, work away up, be the only woman in that group of twenty six men. I I I think she's it, it, very very cool, <laughs> very uh, very inspiring actually. Yeah. Yep. Uh, for that time, you know, eighteen seventies and eighteen eighties, because like you said, women were treated like garbage. You know, they, I mean, they were through the nineteen hundreds. So I mean, you didn't even get to right to vote until. 19 whatever and you know it's so i agree with you there yeah no it, that was that was a great choice that was a good pick um it was fun yeah. i i like i just again i always go back I, it, it, to look through to see something like that through the lens of 1874 and everything that you know in that time period it just must have that must have been so freaking mind-blowing so cool all right. All right. Well, have you got anything else on your strange encounter? Uh, I think that's it. All right, folks. Thanks for listening. Be sure to join us next week when we set up camp in Tennessee. Until then, happy camping. Thanks, guys. Bye. As always, our hosts would like to thank you for joining. If you enjoyed the program, please be sure to like, follow, or subscribe wherever you get your podcasts from. Find us on Instagram at ScareYourPantsOffPod, no spaces, or on Twitter, ScareYourPantsOffPodcast. Or send us an email with questions, comments, and fan art to ScareYourPantsOff9 at Gmail. See you next time.